The Agricultural Revolution in which we see how women invented agriculture and made food supplies more predictable, got even busier, and felt the consequences, good and bad, and including as well a diplomatic discussion of goddesses. One of the more puzzling items that turned up during the excavations at the Windover site in Florida was the remains of a bottle gourd, a piece of its rind that was dated at about 7,000 years ago. This rather prosaic piece of plant life was puzzling because gourds were considered to be tropical or subtropical plants that grew and were domesticated in Mexico. Gourds, squashes, and pumpkins are related and belong to a taxonomic group called Cucurbitsea. It was widely assumed at the time that gourds made their way into the United States from Mexico as agricultural practices and products, corn, beans, and squash spread northward into the American Southwest and from there eastward. All this, it was supposed, took place over a period beginning sometime after corn was first domesticated near Tehuacan in central Mexico about 5,000 years ago. There is some evidence that squash was being domesticated on the shores of Ecuador about 9,000 years ago. The Windover Gourd called out for an explanation where the people growing gourds or had some far-flung trade route brought this one to Florida or had it floated to Windover from Central America. In fact, gourds were turning up at many archaeological sites of this time period in the southeastern half of the United States, one such site being as far north as Maine. Before long, it was determined that a species of gourd grew naturally in a few spots east of the Mississippi River and people had even evidently learned to cultivate them as early as 7,000 years ago in Florida, Illinois, and elsewhere. Cultivating a plant is not the same as full-fledged domestication. It means just helping the plant along a bit. In the case of gourds, simply reseeding them when they do not seed themselves, or clearing a place to seed them in areas where they do not naturally occur. Domestication, by contrast, implies an extremely active intervention in the plant's biology. Such actions as selecting only bigger and softer seeds and planting them, 
Over time, such artificial as opposed to natural selection processes will turn an unremarkable grass's seed head into, say, the large seeded ear of corn. Kernels of corn cannot of themselves fall off the ear, but need humans to harvest them and plant them. Domesticated plants become annuals, in a sense almost wholly dependent on humans. We know that these early users of gourds were not actively domesticating them because the gourd seeds remain the same size, relatively small, and the walls of the gourds remain quite thin for another 3,000 years. The question remained, why were people cultivating gourds? Some speculated that they were used in some manner by shamans, who perhaps made vessels from them for administering herbal remedies. More prosaically, others noted that they were just the right size for youthful hands to use them as projectiles to throw at each other. But then it was pointed out that people at Wendover probably made nets, presumably for fishing, and the gourds were for of a perfect size to be floats for the nets. Not only that, but virtually all the sites where archaeologists found traces of gourds were near places where rivers narrowed, making net fishing practical. So, Gail J. Fritz of Washington University in St. Louis concluded in a recent review of the matter that people presumably passed gourds northward beyond their natural range as part of a fishing technology that came at about the time when river systems were becoming stabilized after their turbulent formation by the melting of the great Laurentide Glacier of the north. Gourds were easy to grow and required little or no tending, so they did not distract anyone from their normal hunter-gatherer chores and way of life. Fritz opines that men may well have been the gourd cultivators, but this opinion, however plausible, is more iffy than the notion of net fishing. No nets having been recovered at Wendover, but it could just as well have been women who cultivated the gourds and even made the nets for use by men. In the case of virtually all other plants that eventually came to be domesticated in various regions of the world, archaeologists now generally agree that women did the domesticating. But it was not always so. In fact, we have two quite different matters to dispose of before taking a closer and modern view of the coming agriculture. The Neolithic Revolution
V. Gordon Childe, or Child, was one of the giants of archaeology in the first half of the 20th century. Australian-born and educated in Great Britain in the humanities, he eventually turned to archaeology, specifically that of Europe and the Middle East, coining the term Neolithic Revolution. Neolithic referring, of course, to a new Stone Age. To specify the toweringly important change from foraging to the domestication of plants and animals. Known as a great synthesizer, he stomped to bring he attempted to bring to this study both the insight of the humanist and the care of the scientist. He postulated that this Neolithic revolution took place beginning some 10,000 years ago in the Middle East, at a time when the glaciers had disappeared into the far north and global climatic changes were well underway, when many mid-latitude places saw the drying up of grasslands and the expansion of deserts. Meanwhile, many of the great beasts had gone extinct, and the seeming chaos of Holocene weather was playing havoc with regional and even local ecosystems.